This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome to the my first podcast episode. This is, gonna, this is an exciting day for me on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Hopefully, we will can be able to continue this into the future. My name is Drew Everhart. I'm the host of The Assist, and this is a basketball podcast. We're going to be talking basketball a lot, and uh, it's basically all I know. So it's all I know really well. So we're going to do this for the inevitable future. A couple things about myself. I am a sophomore here at Trine. I am a sport management major. And over the past, uh, ever since January, I've been doing broadcasting here on Trine, been doing basketball games, color commentary, and, I, of course, this is my first podcast. Hopefully I get to do this for as long as I can. And other, st- other things that you need to know about me, I'm from a small town in Indiana, so uh, basketball is uh, basically... What I know about, it's basically corn and basketball, and then talking about corn really sounds boring, so we're going to talk about basketball here. There are a few people I really do need to shout out for getting me to this point for the podcast. First, my advisor, Brandon Podgorski, Prof Pod. He uh, pointed me in the right direction, told me where to go to get this started. This is because I told him I wanted to do this for a career, and... He helped me with it. Uh, the other person is Andy Brown, who he took me to. Andy has been really great to me. He's helped me with broadcasting, helped me get this podcast here, and I'm super excited, and I cannot wait to work with Andy for the next two years, as long as he's here and as long as I'm here, which I plan on being here. And the third person is Josh Hornbacher, the executive producer, the hardest-working person in the MIAA. He's really been helping me get this started and I really do appreciate it. Other stuff about me, I am a huge Purdue basketball fan, but tomorrow's game against IU not going to be as important to me because we got two championship games for trying here. The women, of course, playing Hope at 3 o'clock tomorrow for the MIAA championship and the men playing Albion at 7.30 here at home, which I will be on the call for. Be sure to tune into that on the Trine Broadcasting Network. Let's go ahead and talk about the uh, games going on tomorrow. So with the men, actually, we'll, yeah, we'll start with the men. We will be playing Albion tomorrow, 7.30, in, at the MTI Center. Going to be a really fun game to watch. Last time Albion and Trine played, Trine absolutely destroyed them, which was kind of a surprise because the first time they played, Trine only won by six, and Aiden Warzeka got two of his front teeth chipped. As you've probably seen on Twitter, if not, you'll have to go and dig it. It's kind of funny how everyone was reacting to it. Uh, I really see Trine winning this game. I don't really see any issues with it. They're Trine was super aggressive as usual on defense. They suffocated Albion. One thing, though, Trine was able to make shots late in the shot clock, which kind of depleted Albion. So if they can't do that, Albion might make it closer, but... I don't know. We're going to have 250 students allowed in the MTI Center tomorrow. It's going to get rowdy. It's going to be really fun in there. And if plays like that keep happening, I don't think Albion has a chance. And also, the other thing Trine needs to do is just contain one of their two guys, either Garland or Ebeling. Last time, Garland was held to 
single digits after having a 20 ball in the first game. So they did their job there, and uh, hopefully they can do it again. Now let's go ahead and talk about the women. Uh, This game is going to be really important because Trine plays Hope 3 o'clock on Saturday at Hope, which is going to be a tough one. This team, these teams know each other very well. They are going to, it's going to be our third time playing this year. Last time was the game of the century. I really do think so. It was one of the best games I've ever seen. Unfortunately, couldn't be there in person, and I wasn't doing commentary that night. So it kind of hurts me to say that I wasn't there, but it was a great game nonetheless. One thing that Trine really has to look for in this game is to not throw the ball away. Hope's length is actually really they have they have really long arms on their defensive side and trying to still tries to make those same passes that they can make against other teams. They cannot make those against Hope. They really need to watch that. But at the same time, Trine had a lot of turnovers, but they're they also force a lot of turnovers turnovers. Hope averages 13.9 on the season, and in both games they've had 20 against Trine. So it's gonna it's gonna be a slugfest, man. It's gonna be great to watch. I cannot wait to watch that. Probably gonna be in the Fabiani Theater, watching that, and it's gonna be fun. And then right after that, get get to go do commentary for the guys' game. It's gonna be awesome. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to Sophia Craig. She hit a MIAA tournament record six threes in a game, which is absolutely insane. She probably could have got more if they would have kept feeding her the ball. And that was just fun to watch, especially it could have it wasn't, but it could have been one of her la- could have been her last game in the MTI Center. She goes out with a bang in her senior year. It's going to be really fun to see what they can do on Saturday. All I got to say is that if you are not going to tune in to the MIAA championship games tomorrow, you are missing out on some great basketball. Because with D1, you all you get to do, you get to see the best stars. And, yeah, sometimes the, the system works for it, but you're not going to get, like, the fundamentals and all the systems and all the things that makes basketball truly great. Nick Bowman is the star, and he does average around 23 a game. But teams are going to try to contain him, and every, someone – Whoever it is, could be Brent Cox, could be Connor Jones, could be Bryce Williams, could be Warzeka, could be anyone. And this the bench is deep, by the way. Someone's going to have their night. They're just got to wait for it. And it's going to be really fun to watch them play against Albion on Saturday at 7.30 on a Trine Broadcasting Network. Again, please watch it. You get to hear me, Andy Brown, and the real John Kay give some pretty good analysis. We're on the game. So I not to brag, but hey, we're pretty good. And this women's team. This women's team is so fun to watch and I'm so sad to see that Shay and Sophia will not be there next year. This team's gonna be so fun to watch over the next couple of years. Their junior class is insane. The bench is amazing. I really do think that the bench is going to come through for this team. Like, it has the past couple games, like Sam Underhill against Olivet had 20-plus. And everyone's just going to do their part, and it's going to be really fun to watch. I have a quote from Bill Wal- I believe it was Bill Walton. It was, a, it was only a sound bite, so I couldn't really hear 
who it was, but I assume it's Bill Walton. It's on the 1986 Celtics, which is thought by some to be the greatest team ever. And here's what he said. This has to do with both teams. On this team, if you move to get open, you're going to get the ball. The goal here is winning, and it doesn't matter who gets the points or who gets the shots. Just win the game. That might be one of the most sane things Bill Walton's ever said, first of all. He's insane. But this has to deal with both teams, honestly. And that's the beauty of D3 basketball and trying basketball specifically. As long as you're moving to get open, you're doing the right things on offense, it's going to be really fun for everyone. Like, you never know who's going to get it. Like, some, you'll look at people and be like, I don't think they'll have an impact at all, and they will. It's really great to watch, and I really do hope that everyone watches. Now let's talk about why these games are so important to both trying teams. Unfortunately, the NCAA decided to not host any D3 national tournaments, which, man, that just makes me mad, honestly. I don't understand. I've been here for two years now. First time, or first year, our girls team made it to the national tournament, but that was when COVID hit, so we so they had to go home. Haven't been able to watch that yet. Which that I understand. That was a nationwide thing. Everything shut down. But this year, I don't get it. You're basically saying that D3 just doesn't matter. Which, that's a tough pill to swallow. You're basically saying, it's kind of a cowardly way of doing it. Because you're saying it as a whole, yeah, we're just not going to have D3. But, if you really look around here and you see the faces on these people when they heard that, that Everyone was so distraught, and I would like to see whoever was in charge of coming up with that ruling for the D3, I want to see them look at Shea Herbert and Sophia Craig right in the eye and have and have to tell them that they and their season doesn't matter for their senior year. It's a tough pill to swallow. It doesn't really – it still affects Trine's men's basketball as much because they're still losing year eligibility, but one thing is that – Trine's basketball team on the men's side has no seniors. So they're going to be really fun to watch next year. But wouldn't you love to just have a chance of being back-to-back national champions? I don't know how often that's happened in D3, but I'm going to assume not too often. So steering away from college basketball, let's go talk about the NBA. The main storyline of the week was basically Steph Curry tries he pump fakes a shot and jumps into the defender to get the foul call and he gets it every time. People are really mad about it because they're saying they need to take it out of basketball, it's ruining the game, that's why the ratings are so bad. And I gotta agree. I do not like it at all. It really should be an offensive foul because it's the shooter creating the contact. Because the defender is just out of the way. He might be jumping, but he's jumping to the side, not going towards him. And they will find a way to bump the defender and then shoot. But, Yavi, let's be real here. Everyone's, they're going to find a rule to exploit. Like players, they will find a rule to exploit. And they will milk that cow until it is eventually dried up. Or they just get rid of it all in all. The main, the main culprit in this is Steph. I know other people do it, but everyone saw Steph do it. And everyone is talking about Steph doing it. So basically, I think that like with other 
players taking advantage of the rule. Harden with the zero step. It makes you mad every time, but you know the, he knows the rules so well. And he makes sure, he asks different refs, hey, is this fine? It, according to the rule, this should be legal. Will you call it like this? And they tell him, yeah, it's legal. You can do it. Everyone's mad by it. And then people try to counteract it like the Jazz did a couple years ago by guarding behind him, which, wow, that was really stupid. But, um, yeah, but players are always going to find a rule to exploit. I really do think that this is exactly the same as when Reggie Miller used to kick out his legs and get foul calls on defenders. He did that quite a bit. He also, he, there was a couple things that Reggie did. He also clapped his wrists together to make it sound like a foul every time. But that was the one thing that Reggie really was good at, was kicking his legs out to get the defender out of the way. And we've seen it plenty of times. You, Someone is falling away, and they have to hit a game-winning shot. They make it, but their legs kicked out. It's automatically waved off. It's a foul. Game over. But here's the thing. Reggie Miller, he exposed that rule so well that the league got rid of it. So I really do think that... After this week and all the press that was on about it, and I guarantee it will keep going through the season, I don't see any reason why that rule would not be changed coming into next year. Oh, and by the way, I will not be talking about the All-Star game until next week because we still got a week and I got to analyze the lineups. It was a late night last night. I didn't get a chance to look over it. So we will be looking at that. I do think it is interesting that they are going to put every event into one night. I 100% agree with getting rid of the celebrity game. Let's just get rid of that forever. That's one of the worst things with All-Star Weekend. But, like, other than Arnie Duncan going out there and balling, it's not that fun. What, we had Beaver a couple years ago. He did really well. Kevin Hart won MVP somehow, like, I don't know, four or five years in a row, even though he did nothing. So, I'm agreeing with that. Just get rid of that forever because I don't see what everyone else gets out of that. Like, the celebrities get some, like, engagement, I guess you would call it, where they're just getting their name out there. But everyone knows who they are. Except for some people, you're like, I don't know who this person is and I don't know why he's here and I'm not going to look him up. Yeah, but having it all in one night is really interesting. We're going to have the skills challenge and a three-point contest before the game. And then we're going to have the all-star game, as usual. And then we're going to have the dunk contest at halftime. So, I, I feel like this will keep the ratings in. Although, what I've been seeing from people on Twitter, I don't think that it's... People are very happy with the dunk contest participants, but... We haven't had, like, really big names in it for quite some time. So I'm I'm fine with just giving it to some really young players. Of course, I'll be rooting for Cassius Stanley because I'm a Pacer fan. But I feel like this will keep the ratings up for at least the until halftime of the All-Star game. Because I know, usually for me, All-Star game, I'm not watching until the fourth quarter, which... Kind of, which is kind of bad because the fourth quarter is always the best part of it because that's when everyone tries. But I I just haven't I don't think I've watched a full All Star game in my life, which is sad to say because they have improved on it. I love the captains in the in that because it's more incentive for 
for um, whoever wins. You get a check, and you also get um, home court advantage, depending on which captain won per, for the respective conference. So I really do like that, but I still haven't watched a full game. I remember, I think it was the first year they did the captains. Everyone was going crazy about the fourth quarter because it ended on that last second shot. I got to be honest, I don't know how many people really watched that live. I feel like more people just watched it on Twitter, Snapchat, ESPN afterwards because... Honestly, almost by halftime, willing to shut it off, but not this year because dunk contest, and it should be really interesting. So that'll be it for today's podcast. I just wanted to get in the feel of things. Hopefully next week we will have more to talk about. I will have reactions to both games of the MIAA championship on next week's pod. Be sure to listen for that. And follow me on Twitter at DEverhart00. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.